Welcome to Love Where You Live, a podcast dedicated to real estate in the Treasure Valley. When's this bubble gonna pop? Is it a good time to invest? Hey, I wanna buy a house, but where do I start? Start, start, start. Join our hosts, Jamie Matzdorf and Corey Michaels, as they share information and inspiration about Boise's real estate and fun to be had in the gym state. We'll have guest speakers, new perspectives, and much more, much more. To learn about the opportunities in the Treasure Valley and be supported by Idaho's best, go to jamiematzdorf.com. Hi, I'm Corey Michaels, along with real estate expert, Jamie Matzdorf, and this is Love where you live. How are you feeling today, Jamie? I'm feeling great. The sun is out. It's good to be in Boise. Absolutely. It always is. And today we are going to be getting right into it with this podcast, talking about a big question that's on everyone's mind is what selling looks like today. I've owned my home for X amount of time, whether that's been a few years, maybe that's been generations. Is now the right time? And what do I need to do if I'm thinking about selling my home right now? That's a great question. You know, I think the first thing to attack is, is what's your goal when you're selling a home? Is it because you're moving on to something different? Do you need a larger home? Is your family growing or shrinking? Are you relocating? That will really help us identify timeframes, what amount of money is important to you. And we'll also have some discussions about what you owe on the home. um, If there's... Capital gains, any of that? Yep, any of that kind of stuff. We'll have all those questions up front. You know, and in today's market here in the Treasure Valley, as we've talked, the market is hot. Things are selling. Oh, yeah. And there's lots of different agents and there's, you know, discount brokerages. There's flat fee brokerages. There's folks trying to do for sale by owners and... Um, and it's important not to ignore that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, those there are some some really great things that I personally am able, am able to provide my clients um, because I've got an amazing brokerage behind me. When I list a home, it goes out to 300 different platforms. We've got professional photography, staging. Um, you know, you, you really want to be paired up with an agent that is personally invested in the market, not just in it for a paycheck, but someone that really cares about your best interests and is really able to get you the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time with the least amount of hiccups. Um, and, And that's what I provide for my clients. Well, and that's what everyone wants, because I know, again, I am not a real estate professional. I'm not, you know, a a financial expert. I don't know these things. So I am your typical client that, yes, I've owned a couple of homes. I've sold a couple of homes, but by no means am I an expert? And so a lot of the vernacular that comes up along the way, I have to, and I implore you to do the same is ask if you don't understand something if you don't know what that term was that just got used ask get educated about this and if you have an agent like jamie then you're going to have that that teacher that that sensei (laughs) to uh to help you through the process of the whole thing and make it the great experience that it should be I have the privilege of, of sharing my knowledge and experience, both personally with my own finances, my own homes, buying and selling here in town and, you know, in other states in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm able to show that not just from a, you know, a professional, I've got my real estate license, but from a human to another human, I get what you're going through. I mm-hmm. get that moving and selling your home is stressful. I get that there's emotions wrapped around that. And, and I'm really here to help you through that process one step at a time. So when you come to me and you say, 
I think I want to sell my house. Uh huh. Now I, what? Yeah. I say, awesome. <laughs> Let's sit down and have a conversation. Um, and that conversation just that it starts with, um, why you're selling your home. Like we mentioned earlier, um, it starts with you walking me through your home. It doesn't have to be clean, organized, show ready. I can see past all of that. Just getting a feel for the layout. Um, if there's any opportunities that would help you get some more money for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that way I can really speak to the potential sales price of your home with, with a more educated response, but also with a more accurate number. Um, all right. And where do you start from there? I mean, you, you've, you've walked through with them. You've kind of assessed what's happening, what the mar- what you obviously know what the market's like, but okay. The neighborhood, where's the neighborhood? What's this, you know, you've got all that down. Now what? Now we get a pre-listing home inspection. Um, and it's, it's more critical than ever, in my opinion, um, you know, if you're a buyer, I absolutely think you need to have one. If you, um, if you're a seller, I think it's, it's three times more important because we've got all these offers coming in. How great to be a seller getting a dozen offers with the inspection contingency waived potentially. Um, so that's where we've got a guest speaker here today with us. Corey is from, uh, not just from, but the owner of all-star home inspections. He's done a number of inspections for me. Um, he's been there in the 11th hour when we needed someone to recheck some work and, um, thanks Corey for being with us. I'm glad to be here. So I just, you know, I want to dive into your role. So in the state of Idaho, correct me if I'm wrong, you don't need a particular license to be a home inspector. No, you're correct. Idaho is one of the uh, few states that does not require home inspectors to have a pretty much like contractor's license. That's terrifying. Um, Yeah, it's a little concerning on one hand because it, it can tarnish the profession. Uh, you know, I have heard of, of, of some horror stories of some uh, home inspectors trying to make a quick buck and uh, doing some really bad work. Uh-huh. And that comes back on, you know, the client. They have to deal with that later on down the road. And so, you know, I take great, great pride in doing the best to my ability and, you know, representing the client. You know, I want them to have every bit of information they can have on that house, you know, um, I crawl through those houses and look at everything that's just visible. And one of my strengths, I believe, is, you know, thermal imaging. You know, what 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 are some of the major deals that will ruin a transaction, Jamie? The M word. Mold. 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 Water damage. Electrical issues. Structural. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, you know, structural hazards. Structural problems. Roofs. And electrical deficiencies. You know, so that's where I like to go into a home on a pre-listing inspection and thermal image the property, you know, to hopefully not find any, uh, you know, mold, water issues, electrical issues, you know, hidden within the wall cavities. You know, then we can deal with those issues on a timely manner with the seller versus doing it after the house has already been sold, uh, you know, having the buyer deal with it on the 11th hour. Um, that's why I, I like the approach of the seller doing a previous inspection. You're not up against any timelines. You can address any issues that have been discovered and get the best contract you can get to fix these issues versus the other way around. The alternative is getting the cheapest, quickest subcontractor in there to fix it in a timely manner. 
And then oftentimes I got to come back and do a reinspect to see if these repairs have been done correctly. And then sometimes I am the bearer of bad news. The repairs have not been corrected. So to streamline the uh, process, the real estate transaction, I believe the industry should move towards pre-listing inspections. It just streamlines the whole process. You hit the nail on the head there, Corey. Um, I'm a huge advocate of sellers having pre-listing inspections. And not only is it helpful for the buyers, but like you said, it, it keeps from these unexpected bills. You know, if you're in the middle of a contract halfway through when the appraisal's done potentially, excuse me, when the inspection's done potentially, if you have a buyer come to you and say, you have holes in your roof, like we've seen recently, that, you know, they had no idea. So now they've got this huge dollar sign that they hadn't prepared for. They're in the middle of stressful timing. Um, but, yeah. but by doing the pre-listing inspection, all those things, if there's anything, comes up ahead of time. And then the seller has the opportunity to say, yes, I'm going to correct this. No, this one's splitting hairs. Um, you know, and, and they can also vet their contractors. When you're in the middle of a contract and you have inspection items come up for the first time, you're on a time crunch. I mean, as you've seen probably, Corey, there's potentially times where you've got 10 days to correct a really big issue or your home's not going to sell. Exactly. And all that is alleviated if, if it's done ahead of time. You know, and say, for example, the roof is bad. Let, let the uh, buyer replace the roof. They might want an architectural roof. They might want a different roofing material altogether versus the seller fixing the issue and possibly putting on the cheapest 20-year, three-tab basic roof. Leave that option up to the, to the buyer. They might want a completely di- different looking roof. So you have, that, you have those opportunities to work with on a pre-listing inspection that the opportunities are a lot easier to navigate. Yeah, just because it comes up on the inspection doesn't necessarily mean you have to do something about it, but at least you're aware and prepared for, you know, when a buyer comes to negotiate. Correct. There's any disputed findings later. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I want to circle back real quick to that, not having to have a license in the state of Idaho. Yes, that's where I was wanting to get to, too. It's like, um, hang on, can we go back? Circle around. Yeah. What, um, Corey, (laughs) what qualifies you then, um, you know, over Uncle Joe that wants to do the home inspection? (laughs) You know, I'm certified through InterNACHI and ASHI. You know, associations, you know, they're both nationally recognized associations. You know, there's continuing education I do annually. You know, I go above and beyond. Continuing education is only required every other year. But, you know, I'm, seems like monthly, I'm, I'm increasing my education to, to best serve the client. You know, I want to be the best there is out there for the, for my, I call my friends. I've made so many friends in this industry. You know, I, I take this on a personal level, um, but, you know, I, I don't come from the construction industry, but understanding a build envelope of a home to me is pretty simple. Knowing how, uh, how a house should be built and the layers of, of a whole housing envelope, you know, I think I am very well qualified to point out any defects throughout the structure, you know, be it plumbing, electrical, insulation, all the build, build aspects. Um, to me, uh, it's pretty easy, pretty easy to diagnose and troubleshoot and explain effectively to the client why it's a defect well, and that, what needs to be done. All right, Corey. So 
through this, if someone is needing uh, that that inspection and they're wanting to get this done, whether they're getting ready to get it on the market, whatever the case may be, what questions should they be asking as they're interviewing and doing their due diligence and finding the right inspector? If it's not you and they're somewhere else that are listening right now and into this situation where they need the inspection done, how does someone make sure that they're getting the right person? You know, it's a good, good question. Good question. Because there are some bad inspectors out there. There are. Um, even if Idaho, even if Idaho was a licensing state that wouldn't weed out the bad, you know, there, there's a bad work in every profession. Yes. Um, however, I think reviews are invaluable for a, a potential client to look at a, uh, home inspector or an appraiser, a realtor, anything, you know, go online, look at the reviews, you know, um, Google reviews. You know, I have uh, hundreds of reviews on, uh, through my uh, website that a lot of clients have, have posted. It's very refreshing to know that I'm doing a good job for my clients with the reviews I'm getting from them. I'm confident in my work and for any potential client that's looking for an inspector, hearing what other people have to say, is, is very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we've, we've put the nail in the coffin on how to find a good inspector, (laughs) um, the kind of, uh, work and training that it takes to really be a qualified home inspector and also why it's so critical to get it done as a pre-listing home inspection. So Corey, after the inspector, um, after, Things have been completed. Um, are you able to come back and check some things out and make sure it's up to par and professionally done? I highly recommend that. I highly recommend having a, uh, a reinspection to make sure um, things have been fixed correctly. Um, and that's easily done with a pre-listing inspection because you're not against any timelines. I can come back and look at some of the uh, defects that I noted in the initial report. And then I, I can revise the report, uh, you know, that these certain issues have been fixed and, and uh, polish up the report for the, for the potential buyer to see. Uh, so, yeah, that's a, it, it's a very nice approach to do it pre-listing because you have so much time to work with. You can make the repairs and then I can come back and clean up the report and make it very presentable for the buyer. Now, if someone is listening and they've already had their inspection done and they're not sure really how good it was. Maybe they didn't pick the right person. Can they hire another, say you or someone else, to come back and and check? I highly encourage that. Two heads are better than one. I highly encourage that. You know, but the uh, the true talents of the inspectors should align. You know, with any with, with the major issues on the property between the two reports, they should align. Um, you know, if there's some minor issues that were not mentioned in one report versus another, that's not a big deal. But, um, no, I highly encourage a second set of eyes on a property. You know, um, that, that is a very good idea. 
And if you have questions, if you have things that you, it, maybe you are in that position uh, of thinking about, wow, was my inspection right? Or I need to get inspection done or whatever the case may be. All of Corey's information, and he spells his name right, which I applaud right there, uh, is here in the description of it. And you can always get a hold uh, of Corey and be able to find out more. Absolutely. Thanks for being with us today, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Now, Jamie, so, okay, we, we've covered that part, but now we're going to talk about title and escrow and why picking the, the right company really matters so much. They're not all created equal. And you want to introduce our next guest? Yeah, absolutely. We've got Chris Miller here from Empire Title and Escrow. Thanks for being here with us, Chris. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Appreciate yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, there's, um, you know, it's it's so interesting. We see on so many listings now that um, the seller's agents are requesting which title and escrow company to use. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a great position in some cases, but also as the buyer, it's important to know that you're the one buying these uh, these terms. So you've got control over that as well. But I want Chris to really speak to what title and escrow does, what they offer both the buyer and seller, and um, why it's important to choose a particular company to work with. Yeah, and it's tough. In our market, most of us charge very close to the same fees. Mm -hmm. So there's not a real price difference, a little bit, um, but not not big enough generally to make a big decision in what you're, what company you're going to work with. Right. It really comes down to the people that you're working with. What are their terms? times? What's the communication like? And what is the accuracy when you get to the closing table? When you get there, are the numbers going to be what they were at the beginning? Or are they going to be dramatically different because the title company or more importantly, the escrow person working on that file didn't get things done the right way at the beginning of the transaction that leads you to troubles at the end of the transaction. And so in a tight market like this, it's tough because you don't want to lose a deal as a buyer over the title mm -hmm. company. And as a seller, when you have the leverage, it's nice to know that you're going to get to work with a title company that's going to take care of your transaction. Totally. Thanks, Chris. Can you tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, title and escrow are two different things, but you guys have all of that in one house. Can you explain that? Yeah. Some parts of the country, attorneys close everything. And in some parts there's escrow companies and then separately there's title companies. And it really is two mm -hmm. different business functions. You have the, the insurance side, the title insurance side, which is a single premium insurance. It's not like car insurance or life insurance that is something you pay ongoing to protect right. you against a loss in the future. It's a one-time premium to protect about things that may have been missed in the past pertaining to the ownership rights of the property. So easements, liens, taxes, judgments, um, an heir of somebody that may have passed away that didn't get notified and still has a right to that property. It'd be horrible to buy a home and then have someone knock on your door and say, hey, grandma left this to me and uh -huh. I need you to move out. <laughs> so, yeah. so you have the insurance side and then you have the escrow side, which is really that, that unbiased third party that everyone can trust. We have no skin in the game. We have no dog in the fight. We just take the instructions from the buyer, from the seller, from the lender, from the brokers, from anybody that's involved in that. And then we try to put it all together. So at the end, the balance is the, the money coming in, the money going out equals zero. What should they look for? How do you know you're with the right title company, escrow company, but you know, going into this, how do you feel safe about it? So as an agent that represents buyers and sellers here, what I look for, um, like Chris said, are people that I trust. Um, and I look for a team that 
can support my clients when something comes up. I need an immediate answer and I get it. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of behind the scenes things that I tell my clients. We're working on things for the next three weeks. You know, we'll check in once or twice a week, but there's a lot of work behind the scenes. And that's um, when Title S and Escrow is really diving in. They're balancing the books. They're making sure all that stuff is taken care of, like Chris mentioned. Um, and I also look for someone that can speak to my clients in English. Mm-hmm. When yes. you get to the when you get to the closing table, you know, especially <laughs> when you're working with the lender, if it's not a cash deal, you've got you know a stack that's one inch thick. And um, you know, for most people, they only buy five homes in their entire life, maybe. Right. And this is often the biggest purchase of their life. So it's really important to me that my clients understand what's happening at that closing table, what they're mm-hmm. signing for. They feel comfortable with what they're signing for. Um, and, and again, the biggest part of that is trust, knowing that the people that have provided all these documents um, hold high integrity, know their business, know their industry, and know the things and the the warning signs to look out for. So that by the time we get to the closing closing table, we're ready to rock and roll. Uh, people in our valley are really lucky. We have we we have a, a protected kind of group of companies and, and we're very competitive and there is a high standard of service overall in our industry. But like what Jamie said, there there is a level of trust that needs to be had between the agent and their title company. And also in a tight market like this and in a busy market, when you add in the refi volumes, which company is going to be able to meet the demands of the lenders? Because mm-hmm. the lenders have turn times that they have to hit. And if you have a title company that's really backed up, you're not going to have good turn time on the commitment production. You're not going to have a good communication response. And so that's one thing that I know we strive at Empire is how do we give the best service possible with the fastest turn times and communication mixed with accuracy. So So in today's market, it is really important to have those fast turn times, like you said, Chris. Um, You know, it's important for title and escrow to be able to communicate whether you're the buyer or seller. If you're out of state on business or you still live in another state, to be able to have um, someone to sign those docs and overnight them so that we can meet our deadlines is really critical. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the differentiators that you need to look for. Uh, I know at Empire, we've invested a lot of money in technology, especially with wire fraud being on on the rise, which we should talk about before we end today and how to protect sellers and their proceeds. Mm -hmm. But uh, companies like us who've invested in dual authentication, ways of communicating where you get an email link and then a, a text code to receive documentation and wiring instructions, as well as a vast network nationally of notaries that are trusted and vetted and bonded and insured to make sure that your documents are going to be safe, that no one's going to steal your identity. And so there's some things you look for too in a title and escrow company. Make sure that if you aren't going to be at the closing table, what's that closing going to look like in your living room? Or honestly, in some situations at a rest stop in Oregon, which is something we've dealt with before. <laughs> when a I'm car sure. broke down and we had a deadline. Wow. You uh, you hit on a hot topic there, Chris, wire fraud. Uh-huh. Man, it's just, it's rampant and it's everywhere. How do you guys protect clients from that? You know, we try to do a really good job from the moment the open, the, the order is open, the first communication that we send to everyone involved in the transaction, there's a video that's put out by the American Land Title Association about wire fraud and how fraudsters go about trying to intercept wiring instructions from the title company to the seller or to the buyer to try to catch those funds and change the wiring instructions. But it's it's continued communication. It's on a, Honestly, it's, it's nice being kind of that small town feel still here where we yes. know our customer. We're busy, but we still know, wait, this doesn't look right. And we, we constantly train our team to look at the email address, not the name, right? So if, mm-hmm. if things aren't 
adding up. We, we, we stop, we pause, we never do things via email. It's always for the phone number that we have on file. And what I can say to any seller that's listening or honestly, any realtor that's listening agents, if you're listening, Hmm. get away from Gmail or invest in a virus software on your computer. It's the yeah. best money. You do not want to get drug into court because you didn't want to buy an antivirus program. If you want to know the best ones, reach out to me. Um, sellers, if you get an email from your agent that gives you wiring instructions, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Never take wiring instructions, regular email. Uh, if things don't look right, if the account holder is not the exact name of the title company you're working with, then that's not right. You're, you're being set up for some, some wire fraud. Or a text message or even a Facebook message I've heard. I always tell to my clients when we first start working together, especially mm-hmm. my buyers, I will never ask you for money. Nobody yeah. will ever ask you for money except for your earnest money check that you can deliver straight to escrow or the closing. Right. I would say 99% of the time, it's an email that's intercepted because a realtor's Gmail, Yahoo, or MSN account has been hacked and they're monitoring for words or the buyer or seller. And I still had one with an AOL, AOL and that, you know, that, that killed me. Right. I'm like, you Morning. still have you, AOL. Who still it, has, I didn't you, even know the company was still in existence. You hear that noise when you open it? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think he just called you old. Yeah. Well, yeah. 1995 called. They want their email address back. I know. Uh, <laughs> but no, those, those are, are very, very good tips of things to look for, to protect yourself, to protect your money and to protect your investment. And so, yeah, a, Make sure that if you get anything that doesn't feel right, call your agent, call your title company, call and go, did you really mean to send this to me? Yeah. And I I would have never said this five years ago, but our, our group has done a really good job of building a relationship with the FBI, believe it or not. Really? And, um, because of that, and, and this, you would never think that you have a relationship with the FBI would be a reason to do business with a title and escrow company. <laughs> we have had funds that have been wired off to the wrong spot, uh, not by us or not because we were act, but because right. they were. And we can't, we can do everything we can on our end. But if somebody says, this is what I want to do, they're going to do it. And the nice thing about having that relationship and that immediate response, when mm-hmm. the FBI calls a bank and says, this has been a bad transaction, we need to get this stopped. The bank acts immediately. Oh yeah, and, they listen to that. <laughs> and we have we have gotten hundreds of thousands of dollars back for clients, not just in our group wow. here, but wherever our offices are across the country, have been able to save hundreds of thousands of dollars in transactions with with getting money back. Well, and, and Chris, that's a good point that you just brought up. You said your offices around the country. I mean, how many? I mean, if someone is, we were talking about out of state buyers, uh-huh. sellers. Um, you have offices with Empire around the country, so that's got to make it easier for people to be able to have, you know, their opening and, and, you know, the whole process go a little smoother that way, I would think. But again, I'm speaking from a layman's you know, <laughs> p- point of view. I. <laughs> It, it, it does help. It does help um, when somebody can go into an office in Las Vegas or down in Texas or over in Denver where they can walk in and, and actually sign in a title company. I think COVID was a big player in people don't well, have, yeah. don't feel like they have to drive anywhere any, anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it goes back to who are the notaries and how trusted are they? Okay. But, 
What are you guys, have you done to accommodate those folks that don't feel safe or comfortable going to an empire office? Good question. And we've done a really good job in our office to make sure that, and this is something I think we're going to continue anyway, because nobody wants to get sick, whether it's COVID or the cold or the flu or whatever Uh, it is. We're going to continue to sanitize closing rooms and and do those kind of things to keep the office cleaner than we ever had. Um, But as far as accommodating those that don't want to come into the office, there's curbside closings where they can drive up and receive their documents and sign them in the car. I think one of the nice things about some of the lending reform was that clients people getting a loan, they've looked at their loan documents three times, sometimes a dozen times before they've gotten to the closing table. So they've reviewed these disclosures, they've acknowledged them. So by the time they get to us now, they, they have a really good idea of where they're standing at the closing table. But uh, aside from that, we're happy to provide notary services into their home. And we do as much as we can with, like I said, secure document delivery and secure document signing. Hey, Chris, I wanted to shift gears here for just a minute. I know we're um, we're mostly talking to buyers and sellers here, but inevitably there's going to be some some agents in the room or some investors. How have your how does your company support them from from the agent side? Our, our, I guess I would say our, our most important thing are our agents. How do we make sure that they have more transactions to send us? So right. we've also invested a lot of money in marketing support and tools to help agents. Uh, connect with their sphere of influence, to market to different demographics in our community, to pick up potential buyers and potential sellers. So I think it's also important what title company is going to be able to give you the information that you need and the tools that you need, not only to be successful in your leasing presentations or in your in your process of working with your clients, but how do they help you find more clients? And that's one thing I think that Empire excels at for our real estate agents in all the market studies that we've done and all the money we've invested. We have so many good tools and resources to help an agent really define their brand to define their sales strategy and go out and and build their business and get more customers because that's how we get more customers totally and uh, you know in my own experience with empire they've got full-time marketing staff that will help you design flyers will help you design uh, listing boards any of those kind of things they can help you um, get that they've got an extremely quick 24 48 hour turnaround on any of that marketing Um, so it's not just about the buyers and sellers it's about the agents as well make sure you consider that when choosing your title and escrow company all right. I love it. Absolutely. But now we're, we're getting to the, the point here in the podcast that is my favorite part. And that's the, the fun part. You know, we, we talk about all how much that, you know, we're going to give you information about buying and selling and real estate trends and what's happening in the market, but that we're also going to have a lot of fun. And we want to make sure that, you know, even if you are a, from a native Idahoan all the way to, you know, a brand new person just coming in, haven't even crossed the border into Idaho yet. Things to think about because we have so much fun in our, in our great state. We do. There's a reason for people to move here. So, Chris, where's your favorite place to go? And if someone was just coming into town and they're like, where's a good restaurant? What, what should I do? What is a great spot that I should go and find? What is yours? So I, I have traveled and I have played in the outdoors all over the place. And I can tell you 
Boise is very unique that we have a river that you can go and there's free air to fill up your tubes or your rafts and there's a free bus to take you back to your car. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, I've been down there. The river is not busy in the summertime. That is one of the best things to do to just float Absolutely. the Boise river. And it is, it's not crowded. I've been to other places where it was like combat floating and, <laughs> and, and, and here it's still, there's still things that like you can go to lucky peak and yeah, it's busy, but I've been down at places in Arizona or oh, Lake Havasu where it's Ooh. like, it, it, you, you're, you don't, you don't, it's like a, a parking dock yeah. in the middle of the lake, you know, uh-huh. at other yeah. places, but not here. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say outdoors still wins. It's busier, yeah. but it's, it's not like it is other places. Well, and we were talking about it. And I think the first episode of love where you live was, you know, I, I have Jeeps. I love my motorcycle and we have some of the best trails and some of the best scenic routes for, uh, for motorcycle rides in the country. I will put this up against anywhere in the world, really. Absolutely. And so thank you. That perfect example. And it brings us to our Treasure Valley Spotlight. And this week, we've got a real special one for you. We do indeed, Corey. We've got Hope Bloom's Flower and Things in um, in Eagle, Idaho. They are a family-run business. Um, in fact, Dorothy and her daughters have been in there since I can remember. Uh, they even made the flowers for my own high school dances and wedding and <laughs> I love you it. name it, even Mother's Day this week. So, um, But they are doing a special discount for our listeners here. If you go to Hope Bloom's Flowers and Things or call over the phone, you're welcome to make orders from out of state. Um, Um, for local deliveries. And the code is Jamie's podcast for a 15% off discount. We love to continue supporting those local businesses and watching them grow and expand. Well, and, uh, you know, between nonprofits, small businesses, they were some of the ones that were affected the greatest here in this last year. And so the more that we can be able to do to be able to raise up some of the these mom and pops and small businesses, the ones that were able to survive, the ones that didn't it breaks our heart and we don't want anyone to wind up in that same situation. So we're going to do our best each and every time we're with love where you live to make sure that we're also telling you all the great things to do and the places to support in our great state. So there you go. Go to Hope Blooms. Give them a call for any of your needs. And with that uh, code, Jamie's podcast, you're going to get that 15% off. All right. Next time around on Love Where You Live. We will be talking about how to buy a home in today's market. Tips and tricks on how to get the home of your dreams. And this has been, once again, Love Where You Live. On behalf of Jamie Matzdorf, I'm Corey Michaels, and we'll talk next. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Love Where You Live, a podcast dedicated to real estate in the Treasure Valley. Once again, to learn more about the opportunities in the Treasure Valley and be supported by Idaho's best, go to jamiematzdorf.com.